He'll be there here in just a second. But this is uh, this is an exciting time in the life of the church. Um, we've got uh, school is starting, and so some of the people that have grown up here are off to school in, in other places, and some are coming back right now, and our kids are starting to uh, go back to school, whether it's homeschool or private school or public school. Everything is, is moving and changing, and, and with all of that, there's, there's a lot of excitement. There's, uh, there's fear on the part of the kids, fear on the part of the parents, all of that. But that's what kids are, are designed to do, isn't it? They're supposed to grow, they're supposed to stretch, and they're supposed to launch. And so every year, I notice with our kids, when, we, when they get back into school, there's things that change, and I, as a parent, have to adapt and have to uh, adapt to their, their new uh, their newfound independence and some of how all that that uh, that works and it's it's always exciting and it's it's a it's a great time and so this morning we're going to honor the kids that are going to be going back to school um, and we're excited for for that opportunity this morning and, and we're going to say special prayer for all the kids as we want uh, want you guys uh, whether you're you're in college or whether you're in uh, in uh, going into kindergarten for the first time or preschool for the first time. What we want is God's, God's uh, presence to be with you and, uh, and want you to know that you're not walking this path alone. Uh, there's a lot of people that have walked before you, and there's a lot of us that would uh, want to be uh, a blessing for you as you continue along this path. And so I want to sh- walk us through a few things. I'm going to, um, I, I'm afraid to say this because I might get a really big applause. The sermon is going to be short this morning, okay? Yeah, there it is. All right. Yeah, there it goes. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You guys are funny. All right. You guys are hilarious. No, but um, because I want to give time for Lee is going to come up. He's the deacon that oversees the child's education program. He's going to come up. He's going to say a few words. Uh, He's going to offer prayer. And then we're going to bring the kids up and uh, give them certificates as some of them will be going into new classes in the fall. And and we want to leave time for, for that to happen because that's very important. Back to school Sunday. Here we are. I want to give a little bit of talk a little bit about our history as the Church of Christ. And one of the things that's really neat about us, and, and you may or may not know this, but we have a huge history in starting, uh, in, in believing that, first of all, it's important that we know God's Word. If we don't know God's Word, how can we be faithful to God if we don't know what He wants for us? But a whole lot of, of institutions now that are either public uh, is, education institutions or, or private were started by our spiritual ancestors many generations ago. Because what happened is, as this country was being established and, and being pioneered, what happened is people went across the nation and said, let's just be Christians, let's just be simple. We've got all these different titles and such like that. Let's just read God's Word and read it contextually, and we believe that we can understand and change uh, with God's Holy Spirit, and we're going to be different. Uh, as, and we, we can do that. Um, and there doesn't need to be a governing body somewhere that tells us how we need to do this or that, but we can, as people, uh, discern the Word of God. And so what happened is, is as they came across the, as our people came across this nation, they would establish a farm, get a homestead, and immediately there was two things that happened. Is they would say, all right, we need to have a church building, or, or we need to meet in a home. And so they go to their neighbors and say, hey, we're just Christians. We don't know where you come from or what your spiritual heritage is, but you're welcome to come meet with us, and we'll start something here. And people would say, all right, that sounds great, and they would start a community of faith there. 
And the other thing that was established over and over and over again across this country is they would say, our kids need to know how to read so that they can read God's Word, and we're going to establish a school because it's important for us to be well-rounded people. And institutions and schools that you may not be aware of, like, like some big state universities, like the University of Missouri, was started by our people years ago, just 10 of them or whatever, saying we need to continue start continued education and built from there and became the University of Missouri. Rocky Mountain College in, in Billings was started by our people in the, in the 1880s, in that time period, of getting just a few people together, starting to, um, to read God's Word and things growing on from there. And many of those groups are, are those schools are not associated with us anymore, but they started by our people years ago saying God's Word is important and we need to know that. And I look at that and I think, boy, that's a pretty cool history that we have, that our spiritual ancestors were so excited about education that uh, they were involved in this in, in pretty big ways. Um, our future is, for us, because we believe that knowing God's Word is essential to a lifetime of faithfulness, because if we're going to continue to be faithful, if we're going to continue to be God's people, we've got to know God's Word and got to know it well. And so our future is, our hope is, as we look at the world, we see in, in our, the world goes through these cycles. There's, there'll be a, a big, uh, usually because of some hardship, people will turn to God and say, okay, I would have, we're going, we're going to, as a people, we're going to return to God. We're going to return to what he wants for us. And then there's this gradual slide that happens. You see it, read the book of Judges. That's what happens over and over again. You see it throughout history. And we see that in our world, not any different. And so as our world continues to know less and less of what God's word is, our trajectory is to do the opposite, is to be people that no matter how dark our world gets, we have an opportunity to shine even brighter. Because if we know God's word, he works in us and he transforms us and, and uh, allows us and empowers us to, uh, to live the way that he has, has called us to live and walk in step with our creator. And so that's what our hope is for the future is that we be people that are continually looking to see what God wants for us through his word. Let's go to John chapter 6. There's something that, that Peter says here that's really powerful. And what's happened is Jesus has fed the 5,000. And if you feed 5,000 people, they're going to be pretty happy about you and pretty excited about what you have, aren't they? Yeah, that's, if somebody feeds me, I tend to like them. That's the way these people were as well. And so Jesus, in the next little while, what he does is he starts sharing. He says, okay... You liked it that I fed you, but here's what it means to follow me. And he gives them some, dis some instructions that's hard for them to take. And look at verse 60. It says, On hearing it, many of his disciples said, This is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, Does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of spirit and life. The words I have spoken to you are full of spirit and life. Yet there is some among you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. He went on to say, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled him. From this time on, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. What, do you want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve, and Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. And those words have always impacted me. Where Peter says, you have the words of life. Where else are we going to go? You have the words that change us. You have the words that transform us. 
how could we go anywhere else because of, because of the great words that you have? And so the big question for us is, how do we teach our kids to know and love God's word? Teaching our kids to love God's word means, and I'm going to walk through a few things here, is that we start off by believing it ourselves, uh, in the family, in our homes, and in the church. And, and really, when we talk about raising up our kids to love God, the family and the church are partners that work together in order to help that happen. Um, usually, if, if kids grow up in a, in, a, in a context where a family says they're believers but do not have a church family to be a part of, things don't go well. Uh, the same is true as if, if a person has a, a church family or the parents outsource their spiritual well-being of their children to the church and don't concern themselves with it, it doesn't go very well. And so it all starts with all of us, whether we're in the family context or the church context, saying we believe that God's word is important. We believe it. And that means that, that we take the initiative to say, boy, if I'm going to to share the message of God and demonstrate the message of God, then I sure need to know it myself because I'm not going to be a very good teacher, a very good instructor if I'm not able to to know that message myself. We believe it. Uh, we model it. And that's that's vitally important. Is there's times where, and I hope I never I never go this direction, but I've run into people before that it seemed like they were really excited about how much they knew but weren't so interested in modeling it. They modeled it as long as it was convenient or comfortable for them. But when it wasn't, then, hey, all bets are off and, and the rules don't apply to me. And all of us can fall into that trap at times because all of us are inconsistent in some ways. But that's, uh, that's vitally important for us, moms and dads, that at home that we choose that we're going to model the message of God. And we're going to demonstrate that to our families. And as a church as well, is the church is a place where uh, children see other adults, and we'll talk about this here in a minute, modeling the love of God and model, modeling faithfulness day in, day out uh, when we come together. And, uh, and so it's, for us adults, it's game on uh, because we're the demonstration of what godliness is supposed to look like to this next generation. And that's something that should terrify us a little bit. It should cause us fear, and it should cause us to up our game and uh, remind us that, man, there's people watching, and my example is vitally important. So we believe it, we model it, and we teach it. Um, there's, I hope your families, if you don't, then uh, today is a great day to start. Uh, have times where you have family reading times or family Bible discussion times in your home. And I've, I've shared with you that before. It seems like with our family, I always hoped and thought that they should go better than they did, if I can say it that way. Because there was, uh, as, I've, as I've shared no, my ideal at some point, I don't know where, unmet expectations, you know, I needed to change my expectations along the way, is that my children would sit quietly beside me and listen to God's word as we read for 15 minutes or a half hour. And that never seemed to happen. They would always turn upside down or something like that. And it was just kind of, you know, that, that was always the, the dynamic. And it's changing now as our kids get bigger. And we've worked as, as part of the time we read together and part of the time we encourage the kids and, and we in our home, this is, this is part of being our family, is you read God's Word every day. And so our kids sometimes will say, all right, tonight you're reading on your own, go to bed, read, and then we'll come and ask you what you read and we'll talk about it. And having that, so all of us make sure that all of us are reading and in God's Word every day for that spiritual nourishment. That's part of how the teaching dynamic is, 
has worked in our family. And, and there's, that'll work differently in different families, but my encouragement to you is be deliberate about that. There's a whole lot of things in life that we are deliberate about, and if we're not deliberate about the Word of God, then uh, I think we'll, we'll be sorry about that. Uh, that's, that's very important for us. Uh, as a church, uh, we really work to teach God's Word, no, not only during our Sunday morning time here, but we have classes during, um, at, uh, at 9.45 beforehand, where we have classes for all ages, and on Wednesday evening we have classes for all ages. There's going to be a, a new class for the, some of the older kids starting this quarter coming up for those 7th grade through, through 10th grade. And then the juniors and seniors are going to stay with us. And I'll talk about why that is here in just a second. But those are some tremendous opportunities to make those a priority and have your kids in those so that they continue to word, learn the words of God uh, from, from others that are going to call them higher. And I can tell you from experience that my own self... I remember who my uh, Bible school teachers were from the get-go on up because they influenced me. They changed my life. They impacted me in in really powerful ways. Uh, There is uh, one lady that is still a part of the church uh, in in Libby when I go up there. And I always joke. I always find some way to joke about how I survived spiritually because Gail gave me all these lectures. and, And she taught class for all those years that I was a kid. And I remember so many things that she said off the hand, offhand or her example that made a tremendous difference in me and my spiritual f- formation because it wasn't, I wasn't seeing it just from my parents, but I was seeing it from other people as well. Um, and that, was, that made a huge impact for, for me um, in my, my own spiritual development. There's, uh, as kids get older, there's, there's all sorts of things. I know that for tonight we have a barbecue for the... Uh, uh, the elementary school kids, we're going to eat hamburgers. Kelton Baker's going to give a lesson on the kids' level. Uh, and those are always exciting to watch and to see. It's, uh, it's neat things to be participate, participate in. And it's all those things that come together that build a foundation of faith for these kids. Uh, there is, um, we talked about, uh, like during our Sunday morning assembly, we have the, the very smallest ones are, are over now if, if parents want to put them in a, in a junior worship. And then um, on Wednesday evening, we have the juniors and seniors. We're going to have them with us. And part of the reason for some of that, um, and I'll, I'll share it with you, is you've heard the stats sometimes that someone will get up and say something and, and just you can see the emotion and the terror that 80% of the kids are leaving the church. You hear that stat? You hear that sometimes? I'll tell you the other side of that, why that is. Um, most of that information comes from churches. Like I can give you an example. There was a church in Memphis that um, I was familiar with during the time that I was going to school down there that parents would drive from all over Memphis to have their kids participate in this youth ministry. And they had uh, the, the way that they did it uh, ended up, and there's been things changed since. But it's like a silo. When you go out on, on, the, on the prairies here or around this area, you have a silo, and maybe you put... Put corn in one, you put wheat in another, but you have these different silos that are different. And what happened is, is sometimes kids are in some ministries are placed in a silo by themselves, and they do not hear the voice and wisdom of the generations. And if you only are around people your own age, with very few exceptions, you don't grow spiritually. And so even though people were driving from all over to participate in that, their retention rate was almost zero after kids graduated high school. And so part of the reason is because they didn't have any friends that were at different ages than just their peers, and sometimes just their own grade. And so for us, think about the value of being here all together 
or, or most all of us here, is that we have the opportunity to worship and we have the different generations that are interacting. And we hear wisdom from different generations. There is uh, life groups are vitally important for that. And you look at some of the stats. One of the a minister that, that does a lot of academic research that is a friend of mine told me here the other day, he said there's some material that's come out recently that talks about 80% of kids that grow up in the church will stay and actually thrive and do very well if they have at least one friend, someone they consider a friend, who is not their parents, that is of a different generation as part of the church. Someone that they look up to and think, wow, that's a person that I would like to be like. And that person has invested time in them somehow. Probably doesn't even know it, maybe by accident, but it, it's, a, it's a Sunday school class teacher, night teacher, someone that they have connected with and said, wow, that person is, I like that person. I appreciate who they are, and I want to follow that example. And they do. And there's a really high percentage of people that, that grew up in, in churches that stick around do very well when there is a, when there's someone that is older that is taking um, interest in them. And so we try to facilitate that. Uh, teaching it as well, let me share one more thing. that I had an opportunity here a week and a half ago um, to participate in a coaching clinic for soccer coaches. And I'm going to be uh, coaching a, a local team this fall, and we're going to we have games on Saturday mornings, and, and that's a way for me to be involved in my kids' lives and meet other people and that. And this coach, um, his name is John Ayette, and a really interesting guy. He's a very talented coach, I could tell. And I learned a lot from him in the three-hour session that I got to hang out with him. And he, um, he is in the National Soccer Hall of Fame. He has a, an a, a bronze bust that is put there. And he talked about coaching and, and uh, approaching kids and how we, we do, how we approach kids and that. And he was, he's just a goofball. You can tell that he would be a really good coach for children. And he's coached big time college teams. He's coached all sorts of different uh, teams around the nation at different times. And something he said, he said, every one of the the busts that are in the National Soccer Hall of Fame have a win-loss record on them. And I asked very specifically that I would not have my win-loss record on them. All I wanted on that bust is that John enriched kids' lives. And he said, now I want all of you to understand here, and there's, there's probably a dozen coaches, 15 coaches that are there. He said, here's the deal, okay? How many kids have gone on from... Montana and gone on to play for the national team? None. He said none. Okay? There's none. He said, do you know what the average salary is for a professional soccer player here in the United States? $34,000 a year without benefits. Okay? Pretty tight. He said, every one of your kids, unless there is some superstar that is there waiting to blossom... Every one of these kids that you coach is going to do something else. And so what's much more important, and this guy, okay, the Hall of Fame soccer coach is telling us all this. He said, I think soccer and I think sports has taken the center of kids' lives way too much in this country. And what you need to do is you need to put these kids in situations where their lives are enriched and they become a whole person, not just someone that is interested in sports. I thought, whoa, this Hall of Fame soccer coach has given all of us parent coaches there a lecture about how we need to, to back off on, on pushing our kids towards stuff. And, and I, I, I appreciate that perspective. And so for the question that I wrestle with, as I've got kids that are, that are in this context right now, 
that all of us is let's set an example that we're going to work on developing our kids' spiritual formation more than we are any, any other part of their formation. And when we decide that and we make that choice, I believe that a thousand years from now we will be really glad we did because by and large our kids are going to do something else anyway. And that was something, I thought I'd share that with you because I really appreciated his perspective and, and what he, he brought to the table and what he, he shared from what he has seen coaching professionals uh, that's most important to do with our children is put them in situations where they can succeed and, and their lives enriched. And for us, spiritually, that's the most important, making sure that we're putting our kids in situations where their lives are enriched. And then teaching our kids um, to love God's word means that we encourage it, it in action. Uh, sometimes we as parents can discourage our kids from doing good stuff because we're just so busy with everything else that's going on or we, we feel guilty ourselves or whatever. But whenever we see our kids making good steps in the right direction to make spiritual decisions, let's praise them and let's encourage that and enable that to continue to go. And, uh, and so that can, um, they can grow up to be people that love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. And as I look around, as I think with, with all the kids that are here and um, many more in the next years, Lord willing, that my prayer, and all of our prayer, hopefully, is our kids grow up here. They see God in us. They learn the message of God from us. And they launch out to wherever God calls them to live out godly lives and make a difference and plant those seeds. Because you look around us, and you look around and you see the kids come up. There's a whole lot of kids here with a whole lot of opportunity to learn the Word of God from us. And uh, my prayer is that we step up to that challenge and we're excited about it. Um, where's Lee? Lee, tell you what, we will, uh, if you would, um, are we going to have a prayer before, or a song before you speak, Lee? Okay, we'll, we'll do this. If you'd like prayers the church, you can come forward, or you can head to the back, and the elders are excited to pray with you there as well. Uh, you're welcome to have, uh, you're welcome to become a Christian today if you'd like to do that. You can come forward and we'll talk about that. Uh, Joe will lead a song, and then we'll, um, Lee will introduce some of the kids here.